I never had the dream of becoming a producer. It happened to me. It came to me. And then I am a firm believer in when things come to you and keep coming to you and come to you with ease, maybe it's something that you should look into and accept and lean into. Welcome back to Nothing Shines Like Dirt, episode 68. I'm Leslie Shannon. And I'm Elise Sievert. Today we are sitting down with actor-producer Natalie Britton. We talked to her about her production company, Queen's Gamut Films. Helping women build their resume. And raising kids. The The production. I wonder how that's changed for... That would be interesting, Mm -hmm. somebody that like 20 years ago was homeless versus mm-hmm. somebody today. Well, you know, I, I feel like we'll see it soon, but I, I imagine there's a world where you can there's, a, there's a homeless person standing with their Venmo mich- info, and it's yeah. like, at Steve dash yeah. Harrison. Yeah. And All then, right. And then people are like, okay, well, like, maybe uh, that might be easier. I'll do it. It's yeah, smart. Yeah. It's like a click of a button, right? Isn't I might put that, that in the short I'm writing. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. What what is the short? I'm not. I'm not. Oh. I'm joking. I mean, I'm not. I have I have ninety million ideas written down in my notes. That's, but that's what you should do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to because if you don't, then I think you don't remember them, and you also at any given moment might have inspiration strike you to add more to that story, yeah. and so it's it's a necessity. Yeah. Having oh yeah. It all for sure. Written. I know. One day I'll sit down and go through all my notes and be like, oh, that's actually not a bad idea there. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's the thing. It's like, when do you sit down to go through it? I don't know when that time is, but I'm sure maybe when I'm 91, it'll happen. Definitely. I I think that's a good time frame to shoot for. I'm like sitting in my rocking chair. (laughs) Let me look back on those notes. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So you write too? No. No. I mean. You're thinking about it. I'm thinking about it purely because it's the one thing I haven't done and I've done a f- I've written a few pages of things and I, I want to see if I'm any good. Um, so I have a couple of people putting some some nice pressure on me to, to do That's that. That's good. Yeah. So a few friends have asked me to just um, write five pages that then we can burn. So that, yeah, which might work for some people, but for me, it's, you know, it's like, no, if I'm going to write five pages, even if I think I'm going to burn them, I want them to be good. So it still is that like barrier and resistance to to doing it. But, um, and I I think the other part of it is me being very like, do I really want to find something else that I might be good at? Because then it's another thing that I have to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think I don't want to do it for that for reason. For that reason. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of feel the same way too. There's a part of me that really wants to write and I have written some stuff. It's not that I haven't. It's just that that's not, I don't know. I have that same struggle of, I, I sometimes... I get in my own way Mm -hmm. all of the time Mm -hmm. where I sit down and and I'm like, if I'm going to be spending time doing this, I want it to be good. And then Mm -hmm. I put the pressure on myself of it being good. And then it's this vicious cycle where nothing's actually happening. And and I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, why do I want to do this? (laughs) But I like coming up with ideas. Mm -hmm. I just don't necessarily like fully fleshing them out. Yeah. I'm very similar. Yeah. So, I mean, we all have to play our own roles. That helps with your producing, (laughs) like being a, like being a creative producer and mm-hmm. understanding story, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe it's, 
don't know. Yeah. It, 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 I go back and forth too because like my next thing I want to tackle is like really understanding a camera. And mm-hmm. my friend was like, why? Why Why do you need to do that? Right. <laughs> she's also an actor, producer. Yeah. And she's like, curiosity why? Is, I'm, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it's sometimes it's not to be good at that skill, but it's to like. Understand. Understand yeah. and give you more information. Yeah. I don't know. I, to- I totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Segway into that. How first. So, so you are an actor and then you are a producer. How did you start your production company? Where did that come from? Was that out of necessity or was it something you always planned on doing? No, it was not something I always planned on doing. No, I never, uh, I never had the dream of becoming a producer. It happened to me. It came to me. And then I am a firm believer in when things come to you and keep coming to you and come to you with ease, maybe it's something that you should look into and accept and lean into. So that's how it happened. Um, I started producing uh, 2017, early 2017. I was pregnant at the time and I think in my head I knew the the journey or the road that was ahead of me being pregnant for, well, we say nine months, ten months essentially. Um, and this industry isn't particularly kind. Uh, it's getting better, but, you know, there just aren't those roles all the time. And, and I knew that the bigger I was going to get, the less I'd be going out auditioning. And so I guess I sort of put it out in the universe of like, you know, what am I going to do to keep myself busy and to keep relevant and to keep in the industry? And around that that time happened to be, um, there was there was a big push for making your own content, and which a lot of people are doing now, but back then it was really kicking off. And so there were people in my circle who were starting to make shorts. And, you know, a few of them came to me and said, Uh, I suppose it started with one, uh, hey, would you like to produce this? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, You know, I'll give it a go. And I have a business background and I have an acting background. So the two of them merge really nicely, I think, for producing. And I found that I really enjoyed it. I had first AD'd a little bit. Uh, I first AD'd on Wild Nights with Emily and I had learnt a fair bit about producing on that just because the producer had, um, you know, enlisted my help a little. And so I took to it. I took to the producing and I really enjoyed it and I liked creating something and it gave me an element of control that I didn't have in the acting. And yeah, it went from project to project to project. And I think by the time I had my baby, I had produced eight projects. Uh, that all came That's to a me. Short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but I mean it. I didn't. I didn't look for them. It just it happened. And uh, and with each one, I was learning more and and bringing new skills each time. And so then, after I had the baby, probably should have taken a bit more of a break, but <laughs> there were a couple of shorts that needed to be made. So um, I said yes, and uh, and I produced a few more. And then it really got to a point where I had like all these little shorts out and about doing quite well on the festival circuit. And it had my name on them, you know, and part of me was thinking, well, look, if I'm going to keep doing this, 
uh, I need to, what would be smart would be to build a brand and to put them all under an umbrella uh, so that they're not just out there on their own willy-nilly doing doing things. So that was the decision to to make the production company so that going forward it would be a Queen's Gambit Films production as opposed to just produced by Natalie Burton and whoever. So mm-hmm. um, that's how it, where that came from and it was pretty easy and, and now that brand is being built. And it's a lot easier, I think, to build uh, a brand that is another name that isn't yourself, yeah. you know? Um, it is. It feels, it is. It feels m- more real and it feels uh, easier to devote my time to because I feel a responsibility towards it rather than, you know, yourself when you're like, oh, this is something I'm doing for myself. It's always the last thing, right? You'll, do, you'll put other people before, you'll put all the tasks before. But when it's for the company, you're, oh, no, no, this is a job. It suddenly becomes more real. That's how I found it anyway. And it's Queen's, how do you? Queen's Gambit Films. Gambit. Okay. Yeah. And what is, what is the brand that you like what is the brand you're putting out in the world? Like how are you how are you cultivating that and how did you decide what you wanted that to be? Right. Yeah, again, it it was very much a case of looking stepping back and looking at the type of films that I was making and the types of films that I was attracted to and they all sort of had a through line of um like brave stories that matter. Stories that you don't hear all the time stories that thematically I believe need a platform and that should be told. So, but we're all very much through a dark comedy lens. So that's, uh, those are the projects I love. I love dark comedy because I love, I love tackling tough issues through comedy. It's probably the most effective way to to get people to sit up and listen and to suddenly pay attention to something that they might not have paid attention to in a pamphlet or, you know, an email, please read this, this is so important. Whereas, you know, with the short, you can, you, you bing it around or it's on social media or people are sitting at a film festival and they're like, oh, you know, we've had that a lot, especially with one of the shorts we did about IVF. So many people, especially men, who don't really understand what that is. And yet, because it was dealt with in a, a really smart, clever, funny way, um, it made an impact. So, yeah, we say that we give myself and my partner, my partner's name is Kate Hamilton, um, and I've worked with her. Uh, Egg Day was actually our first short that we worked together on. So we say we like to give a platform to creatively brave content. Um, a lot of first-time filmmakers, uh, we, we, we know what it takes to sort of like guide a first-time filmmaker through the whole process because it can be crazy. Someone writes something and they don't know what to do with it. They're like, help me make it. I don't understand. Um, and of course, there's a wide spectrum there. Sometimes people do and they, they have a bit of knowledge and sometimes they don't. They just have their script and they need a little bit of help. Um, so, so yeah, we, we definitely have a, a type of script that we're attracted to, which helps because when we're getting sent scripts to look at, if it doesn't fit that, then we, it's, it's just not going to move our brand forward and it's not part, it's not going to build our, our repertoire for us. So regardless of like it might be a really great rom-com or it might be a wonderful thriller but if it's not 
um, in line with the type of message that we want to send out there. I think that's really brave of you guys as a company Mm. and really smart too, because I think that's very like long-term of, of, and also it's easier to say no to stuff Mm -hmm. and it, Mm -hmm. it kind of, like paves yeah. the path a little bit. Sure, and yeah. I, I know a lot of other producers in the industry and I'll, I'll always pass things on if I feel like this isn't right for us, but it might be right for you. Mm-hmm. Of course, sometimes scripts are just bad or the people are crazy because it's LA. Um, but <laughs> well, it's the world. It's, There's a lot of crazy people It's, in it's it. the world, uh, yeah. Um, but it it definitely helps knowing the type of projects that we that we respond to for sure. I learned to lie to Uber drivers about if they ever asked what I did. Mm. I was just like, I'm a teacher or I'm a doctor. I'll just lie. Oh, yeah. Because if you say anything Mm-mm. in the industry. Yeah. <laughs> For the first. I learned that lesson the hard way. Like but if yeah. you say oh, you're a producer, like. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, like, let me tell or, you. Or I'm an actor. That I mean, yeah, I used to say yeah. I work in HR downtown. Yeah. That was the end of that conversation. Yeah, right? Every single time. Oh, yeah. okay. And yeah. yeah. That's a good one. HR yeah. downtown. HR downtown. Oh, yeah. Because no one wants to talk to HR. Nobody yeah. wants to talk to HR. <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me finish my drink. Yeah, like, get out of here. Well, do you find that, like, when you're doing any sort of industry networking things, the fact that you have a production company and that you can say that you're a producer, do you feel like that gives you more weight in the industry versus if you, uh, before, when you did mainly just acting stuff? It's interesting. It gives me a feeling of, like I said earlier, like that feeling of control because I'm creating something and it goes hand in hand with the acting it's nice they both work sort of concurrently because I've never had to turn down an acting job for a producing gig and vice versa and mostly because I I create the timelines for all of the production stuff so I can usually move stuff around Um, but does it I'm I'm not sure again I think because I came at this producing very much in a reactionary way, I wasn't going after it, which which I do a lot in my life. I go after things. And and because the producing, it's something that when the projects come and when the projects are good and we do them, it feels more organic. And I feel I feel less like I have to push it. You know, I don't have to push my card if I'm meeting people. I'm never, you know, handing out my card. I'm a producer, I'm a producer, I'm a producer. No, however, if I get talking with someone and they say, you know, hey, I I have a script or this or that and I think they're a decent person, then I'll hand over my card. And it's lovely in that way to be like, okay, you know, not only am I hitting it off with you and we're getting on, but also maybe like there might be a professional relationship out of this too and I can and I, we can help each other. Um, so that happens a lot where I wouldn't necessarily open a conversation with I'm a producer, but if it comes around to it. You feel, yeah, I agree with that. I can totally see that. Um, Um, With you and Kate, do you guys like kind of do everything together or have you, or do you like find your strengths kind of complement each other? Because I always think that's really interesting Mm. when you're partnering up with somebody, you know, how you divvy up work or... Yeah. You know, allow each other's strengths to. Yeah, we from day one have just worked remarkably well together. We haven't had to work at that. Uh, I think that happens every now and again in life. You just find someone you're in sync with and it is so easy. Uh, we, We share a very similar work ethic in that we, you know, we we work very hard and 
we we're both very committed and there doesn't you know yeah there's uh, I would I would say yeah we both have different skills that that come to the forefront but at the same time I trust her to handle anything and she trusts me and we just know between of us between us we've got it handled um when it comes to projects usually what will happen is we'll a project will come in and either if it's through one of her contacts or maybe it's through one of mine we'll decide who goes lead on the project because then somebody will be the person that will communicate with the filmmaker and what we both are there working on the project, but there's one voice that's coming and we're communicating through for the emails and stuff like that. Um, so, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the other person isn't doing just as much work. But mm -hmm. we, yeah, I, I suppose there's different things that we gravitate towards and she's extremely creative visually. She's a very talented artist, draws a lot and just, you know, she can see things. She also writes. So, so her her skill is there. I've been producing uh, for a lot longer. Um, so I guess there's still an element of like the the things that need to be done. I, I, I've, I've a little bit more experience in putting all those pieces together and, and stuff. But we're really, we both do everything, you know? Yeah. It's not, we don't divvy up or, or get a script and go, okay, you're going to handle this. It just happens and we get it done and it's seamless. It's it's a real blessing, actually, that there's no there's no f fight over that or or ever doubt that anything is going to be completed. We just we pick up the slack where it's needed, and and yeah, it's a it's a good working That's an relationship. Ideal team, uh -huh. yeah. I f I feel like everybody needs to find that at some mm -hmm. either whether it's with work or your partner in life, whatever yeah. it is, you need to find that person who compliments you in the right way. Absolutely, because the work is hard enough as it is, so you don't want want to also be struggling with. The work relationship that you have that's the last thing you yeah. want to be so being on the same page is is amazing so yeah it's are makes most it of your like most of the scripts you see through mm -hmm. contacts contacts or do you get submissions to yeah like, to so filmmakers it's start you know our, our little brand is starting to get out there and i think you, you you the turning point is when you do get submissions from people that you don't know or that aren't friends of friends right so you're like oh somebody somebody's he heard of us yeah. right um so a pilot that we're working on now um that's not a friend of ours uh so that's wonderful um and and now we what's starting to happen is some of the first time filmmakers we worked with are on their second project and so we're working with them for the second time and of course a lot of it is about building, as as we would say, building like little bricks. You know, like you're building a foundation of something. You don't. We don't quite know what the house is going to look like, or or <laughs> the condo, or the bungalow, or whatever it is. Maybe the skyscraper. Who knows? <laughs> but right now, it's just each little piece, be it a short film or a pilot or a digital series or a feature. Um, it's a little brick, and then they all go together, and suddenly, you know, you've got. You've got a foundation, and so we're not we're not thinking necessarily about what the building's going to look like, which is not necessarily how I would do things. However, it's it just seems to make sense for for what we're doing. Um, it's definitely less stressful because I feel like we're letting we're seeing what's coming to us, and we're doing each little project, and we 
treat them all individually, even if we have, like at the moment we've got three projects in post and we've got, uh, we've got two in, one in development and one in pre-production. So you've got things at different stages, but they're each isolated and they each need care and they each, you know, need, mm-hmm. have different needs. And so, you know, but before you know it, by the end of the year, then suddenly that's five more bricks in there. And so, yeah. It's how, a, do you, how do you personally keep track of, because that's the <laughs> thing when you have a lot of pots on the stove, like, right. like keeping track of, okay, what's the next thing that needs to be done and like not neglecting one yeah, project? Yeah, we, we have a task list. We use an online form that we put all our to-dos in there and like tick them off as they go. Um, but we're usually, like my, both myself and Kate are very, active people in the sense that if something needs to be done, we do it. We don't leave things to be done for a long time uh, at all. It's just not the way I work with anything. I, I I find that if I don't action things straight away, that's when I start forgetting things. Mm-hmm. So w- we stay on each other and we'll remind each other. We use voice memos all the time, <laughs> back and forth, back and forth. Hey, are you going to do this? I'll do it. You know, and it just, yeah, that's how it, it gets done. But definitely to-do lists, I'd be lost without those and the reminders and stuff for sure. You're speaking my language. That's yeah. how I am too. If I don't write things <laughs> down right away, my husband makes so much fun of me. Before I go to bed, in order to make my my brain like stop working, mm-hmm. I have to make my to do list for the next day. And he's like, "You need to let your brain rest." I said, "This is how I let my brain rest." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. Every single night, get the stuff out of your brain so that you can sleep, and then you know in the morning when you get up, it's all there. Yeah. Right. Right. Absolutely. So I also noticed that um, on your production company website that you guys um, aim to have 70% female crew. Mm -hmm. Um, What was the impetus for that? And why is it that you guys find that so important? Uh Yes. Well, it's a hugely important fight that's going on right now in this industry to have more representation, um, not only for women, but for people of color, for for all of the underrepresented groups. Um, Hollywood is still a very white male um, industry for many reasons. And I think that there are a lot of men out there who want to support that too. Um, However, I found that uh, on set as an actor, I was always interested in production. And so my eyes would would look around the set and I always noticed how male it was. There was just men in every department apart from hair and makeup, wardrobe, sometimes script supervisor. Um, And it bothered me. It really bothered me because I, I, I knew lots of people, lots of talented people working. And I was like, why are they not? Why is this not happening? So when the producing stuff started to happen, I thought, oh, here's an opportunity for me to do something about that and to employ more women. And so we say at least 70%, but it's always it's always about 85% women. Um, and that's not to say that we don't like men. We love men, love men. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just a case that if, if it's comparable in the position and the talent and a woman is available, I have my go-to women that I go to. And if not, you know, then I have very talented men as well that I go to. You know, my sets are 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 always open to everybody, uh, but the talent is the key is the key factor. You always want the best person for the job. So we it's it's very important to to help women get more 
get more work and build our resume because ultimately what ends up happening and I've I've spoken to a lot of male producers out there on this topic and you know they say oh yeah we're open we're not you know we don't discriminate I'd hire a woman a woman it's just you know when I get resumes in you know the men you know they just don't have the same amount of credits and and I say, yeah, but that's because this keeps happening because people like you keep giving the man the credit again and then their resumes are building. And so a lot of women are out there, female producers and filmmakers like myself who are trying to do their part. Balance it back out Right, but I bit. say unless, I always say unless men start doing it too because they're, again, they're the ones who are still dominant in this industry and unless they make it a conscious decision and at, at every project if a man is sitting down going I want to hire women and a lot a lot of them do but unless they really make it important it's not going to sh- shift as quickly um, so men need to get out there and and know that there are just such fantastic talent and, and your sets will just run so smoothly like women get stuff done we know <laughs> we you know and we're we're smart and we work really hard and we get the job done and and I love I love being on our sets for that reason and anybody who sets foot on our sets it's partly like what I love the most is is watching everybody react to and work well with each other and have a good time and it's just a very welcoming open environment but yeah female female driven production is is key and like our our company is so little but we're doing what we can but that's the thing is if we have a bunch of little companies start doing that mm-hmm. more and more, the more we help lift each other up, sure. the more likelihood it is that when, you know, these women do submit to these bigger time, you know, male producers and and teams who are creating work, they have the resume because exactly. small companies like you guys have helped yeah. to lift them up. Yeah, that's that's very true. And uh, it works the same way in, in like I... I always want to build people's skills for them and and let them grow in the industry. So we've definitely there's there's one girl in particular, you know, she started as a PA and she was always interested in camera. And whenever I whenever I hire anyone as a PA, I say to them, like, what is it that you want to do? Because nobody wants to be a PA forever. Well, I say nobody, maybe there, maybe there's people <laughs> out there. But in general, you know, they're, they're PAing because they're starting there because they, they know they have to and work their way up. And so I find out what it is that the PA wants to do and the area that they're interested in. And, and then my goal is always to get them, to get them there and to get them experience. So there's one girl in particular who started PAing and she really wanted to um to learn camera and so now she's she's second ACs for us on all of our projects and she's gone from PAing to second ACing and first ACing so you know and, and now she's making her own stuff out there and she's got like 10 credits from us you know which is wonderful and it's just and that's I I've always loved sort of being able to be a part of someone's story in that way because she's helping me because she's doing such a great job and I'm helping her because she's growing and she's learning. And so and building her resume. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we have another PA at the moment who he he's really interested in DPing and so, you know, I always have him when I can. I I'll, you know, I'll have him PA with the with the gaffer and and the DP and really like let him use it as a a learning experience and a shadowing type. It's really smart. Yeah. It's, and it, and it makes them want to be there too Absolutely. instead of just like 
getting coffee or putting yeah. food out or, you know, yeah, cause it's really hard. People too. It, yeah. It's hard. It's hard work. And, yeah. But they're happy going to get the coffee, you know, because yes, they're not just sitting around yes. on set. They're actually learning, learning. and they're yeah. getting paid for it, you yeah. know, which is something I always insist on, on all of my sets, because that everybody gets paid and everybody gets paid above average because there's, or, or above the, I mean, we say average, but there's the going rate, which is the bare minimum, right, that you can pay people for each of the different roles. And we always just bump it a little bit. Just it makes a, a real difference. It's a tiny amount in the budget, but it makes people happy. People will turn up. People won't bail on you and cancel, which when you're asking people to work for free, Lord knows it happens all the time because they get offered another gig last minute. And I don't know whether you can blame them, but it's very hard. So when oh, you... yeah, you can't blame them for yeah, that. Like it's, people need to pay their rent and buy food. And, yeah. yeah. But when someone, when you're expecting someone to, to work and, and we have a very high standard on all of our shorts, um, it's something that we pride ourselves on. If we're going to do this and we're going to, dedicate time and it's going to take me away from my child it better be something that's that's really going to be worth showing because there are a lot of people out there making stuff and sometimes people just want to make something for experience they want to just make their first thing and I say okay that's cool but you know that's not that's not necessarily our way of doing things and uh, I'll always look at a script and, and do a budget breakdown and meet with the filmmaker and say, hey, look, this is what it's going to cost to make this really well. Because there's so much being made out there right now, so much. And in order to stand out in any way, it has to be exceptional. The script has to be exceptional. The talent and the crew have to be exceptional and it has to look exceptional. Um And even still, it's, it's hard, uh, especially, you know, all of these things are, mostly going on out into film festivals. So, you know, if you want to make it as a learning experience or something that you want to show your parents or your grandmother or whatever, that that's okay. But it takes just as much time to put those shoots together sometimes. And it's it's just not something that we specialize in. You know, we, we're like, go, go away, do that, and then come back, come back to us and we'll, you know, it's just, you can't do everything. And I think like what I was saying earlier, it helps be it helps being able to say no to certain things, knowing from the off. Okay, these are the sort of things that we want to make. These are the no nos, especially when you're a yes person. Because I am a yes person, I want to say yes to everything. But when the rules are in place, then I have to just like check myself and say no. Hold on, as much as I want to do this, and sometimes it's happened with friends of mine who've sent me a script that doesn't fit maybe what we're doing, or it's just not ready yet, or they say, hey, you know, I really want to make this, but I only have a grand. And I'm like, I really want to help you, but we can't, we can't, you yeah, know, I'd, yeah. so, so knowing what it takes to make something and, uh, is, is a really valuable skill, I think, to have the foresight of, of saying, this is what it's going to take. This is the money it's going to need. And if you don't have the money, either go away and get it or go somewhere else else to make it because we can't make it for that because in order to make it for that I'm not going to be able to pay people enough we're not going to get the location that we want we might not be able to get insurance all things that are just no no no's I know me. every script I mean it depends on what's in the script how many characters locations whatnot but in your experience so far what have you found is a good number like budget wise mm -hmm. for a short yeah a, a good short um, in order to make a good short as long as you're not shooting it in 
an apartment with two people, right? So like you could just use your own apartment and whatever. I would say it takes at the very least $6,000 um, up to the most expensive short I've ever made was around 15. And it looked it and it went really well, right? But but my six grand short looks just as good. You know, it has to, you have to watch the short and not not necessarily know. Just know that it look it looks like money. It mm-hmm. looks way more. A lot of our shorts will look like a lot more money was spent on them than, than it was. You know, we're not just like spending money willy-nilly. Like everything is used and everything is is really parceled out and we, we get everything that we can, but at a standard. And and I think then what happens is people watch the shorts or they'll see it in a film festival or what's starting to happen with our brand and we start getting associated with quality. And that's really positive. That's really, really positive for us. And people start recognizing, oh, your stuff is good. Like maybe they might not like the, the theme or, or whatever, but it looks good and it looks like money, which is which is necessary, I think, because people are shooting things on iPhones now and they look amazing. They look yeah. incredible, right? But then you have to remember that, okay, then you need all your post-production and you still need your colorist and your sound design and all of the little sparkles that need to, to elevate it, which costs money, which is <laughs> a big part of, of our challenge is also always trying to say to the filmmaker, okay, keep money for the post-production like in the budget this this is the amount you're going to need and they're like yeah but we'll when we get there we'll We'll no because the thing is when you get there you're not going to have the money and then you're going to end up using a friend of a friend and they're not going to do a job on the sound and they're not going to and then you're like all of the work that all the people put in to your project and usually there's you know on a short there's usually at least like 25 people that are involved and are working really really hard you know, and then it can all be ruined with bad sound or or bad color or, you know, yeah. it's yeah. you've got to think about all these things. Uh, and, and, and also keeping a bit of money for marketing, because when you've made the short, then what? Right. You want to get it out there. And those submissions, they're expensive. They yeah. ain't cheap. That's yeah. for sure. No, I think marketing. I mean, people don't even realize mainstream films. Half right. of their budget is marketing. Exactly. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so. so what we do a good job of, I think, is sort of giving people the the big picture. So I'll always say to people, I'll sit down on the first meeting and, yeah, we'll sit down and say, hey, look, this is what it's going to cost, but it's not going to cost more than that. This budget isn't going to go up. It's not going to creep up the week before the shoot, the week after the shoot, as you go into post this amount, it might go down because we might get a deal on the location or we might get a deal um, on some of the the camera equipment. But this is the maximum you're looking at. So, yeah, you might like take gulp and say, oh, my God, $10,000. Wow. But on the flip side of that, sometimes what ends up happening is someone thinks it's going to be five grand and then suddenly it's another couple of hundred here and then a couple of hundred here and then a couple of, and then they're into their submissions and they're, oh, my God, I've spent like $500 submitting to all these film festivals and they're you know but because it's in little pieces and sometimes for people you know they prefer that do, doing it like that however with all good conscience I like to always provide an honest estimate for the filmmaker because they should know what they're getting into and and be able to be able to fund it you know that's another thing that if the money's not there 
we can't do it, you know, um, because everybody has a lot of intentions of borrowing money and getting money and fundraising. But, you know, you can really and we did a couple of times, you know, you work really hard with someone and, you know, you really want to make something and then the money just doesn't come. And you've given a lot of time to that. So my my first question if I've read the script and I really like it, is always like, is the money in place? Have you got the money? Um, and then if it's yes, it's like, great, let's go into pre-production. Um, and if not, then I, we, we advise on all the fundraising and Indiegogo, Kickstarter, or Seed and Spark, all those wonderful That's platforms that nice are out there. nice for first-time filmmakers mm-hmm. to have somebody kind of like yeah. take their hand a little Exactly, <laughs> yeah, we oversee it. Like we say, we always say to everybody, look, we can't run your campaign, your yeah. fundraising campaign no. for you oh because if we did... You We'd would have, have no friends. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, my you husband's would mine. Yeah, too. it's yeah. It, goodbye. So, um, <laughs> so we oversee and we advise in that capacity because it is daunting. It's really daunting out there, and and again, you want to you want the person to do it the right way, and there's little tips and tricks to how to to do that. And with each project, obviously, we learn more, um, and it's constantly changing. The you know the the. Yeah, the type, the types of projects, the type of platforms that are out there to raise money, um, the technology the techno- that they have, all yeah. of us, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. How has because produ- you say producing like came to you, it mm-hmm. kind of fell in your lap a little bit. Mm-hmm. How has it changed the way you approach work as an actor? I definitely understand better the choices when it comes to casting because. We've sat in many casting rooms now as producers looking at talent and we've had people walk out the room and they've just killed it and they've just, you know, had the wrong hair color or, you know, just weren't the right. They they were so good, but they just they weren't the right vibe for the other role that we'd already cast. And, you know, oftentimes I sit there and I say, God. This is this is why it happens. This is why it's so hard as an actor and why you walk away sometimes going, but I did an amazing job. But it's not it's not always about that. Um, of course, you know, talent for us is is everything. And, and so, you know, we're not necessarily at a point always where we're looking for that star name. Um, you know, but that does come into that does the resume comes into play a bit as much as I hate it. So, yeah, there's there's the times where I have my producer hat on and then I'm auditioning for something the next day with my actor hat on. And I'm saying, it's not fair. It's not fair. Why? You know, but but so there's definitely an understanding of of the business side of it, which which helps enormously um, and gives me gives me a bit of relief because I just I know that as long as I've done my best work as, as an actor, then there are 37 other things that they are taking into account. And so you're just lucky if it goes your way, like you really are at that point. But the thing is, is if if you go in as an actor and you do a really great job and, and as the casting um, director, the whoever's helping to cast the project, you remember that person mm-hmm. and, it, and, and you may have a time yeah. where you call them in for something else. It's not lost. The no. work isn't lost. It's oh, just absolutely. redirected. Yeah. And we've seen we've seen lots of actors for projects that we've cast that we've brought back again um, oh, always for that's other like projects and that's it and ours is like like I say it's on such a small little level but if we're doing it that's how it works you know it it, tot- it totally does so it has made me it has made me uh, a better actor I think that anything that you can do in this industry that is outside of acting to give you a different perspective 
is always going to make you a better actor. Just because you're more compassionate and you're more understanding and you realize that it's not all about you, which a lot of actors, they only get, you know, that side of it where they turn up, they audition, then they either get the part or they don't. And if they get the part, then they turn up on set, they're in their trailer, everybody's fawning over them, they learn their lines and they leave and they don't have to bother with anything else. Whereas if you're sitting there and you're, you know, the PA who's bringing you the water, you understand what that job is. The the second AD who's coming to get you, you understand what that job is and you see them you see them for people, but you also see them and, the, and you respect the work they're doing. Uh, I, lo- I love watching it all happen on set as an actor and watching the production come together. It's a real treat to, to in a way, not be producing, but to, be, to sit back and to learn as well, mm-hmm. always. How do you think that um, having, speaking of other perspectives, having Mm -hmm. the perspective of being a mom, how does that affect your producing and Mm -hmm. acting? Because I feel like it's got to change things. Yeah, being a a mom is a production in itself. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it it really is. Um, It's just a production that restarts every morning. (laughs) (laughs) And... Sometimes it it ends with a standing ovation and sometimes it it doesn't and we just go up in flames. Um, It's it's made me definitely, like I sort of hinted at earlier, makes me make um, better choices, I think. Uh, Maybe better choices isn't isn't the right word, but I definitely give more weight to the choices that I'm making because, again, if it's something that's going to be taking taking me away from my my child or taking time away from him if I have meetings or if I'm going to really commit to something if if you know usually a short can take anything from four to eight weeks to turn around and over that time there's lots of in-person meetings there's location scouts there's all sorts of things that need to be done which which means that I have to be away from him and so is it worth it you know so what ends up happening there is uh, he helps, you know, having his little face in front of me helps me me realize what, you know, what's worth it and what's what's worth giving my time to. So um, and I, I you become more efficient. I, I've, I feel like I've, I've always been sort of efficient and good at juggling and, and multitasking. But I think it's doing a disservice to say that motherhood is like multi multitasking because it's not you've got this massive task. The child is massive. Like it's just, ma- it's that's, not, it's not that's a task. such a true thing. It's yeah, a human it's like, being. Yeah, you are keeping yeah. a human being alive and it is all on you for the most part. And trying and, to make them a good And trying adult. to make them a good human <laughs> One day. being. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There's all, there's so many things. And so it's not like anything else. I, I sort of had it in my head. That, oh, I'll just throw the baby in with everything else and juggle, juggle, juggle around. And it's like, no, you, you can't juggle that thing. It's sitting plonked right in front of you and it, it's not a ball. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's one of those things where I found with having him, I have to really, I just have to be smarter with, with, with how much time I'm giving things. And I, I have to cut myself off because sometimes we all know we'll spend hours working on something and we'll stay up all night or we'll, you know, whereas with this, it's like, I know I'm up in the morning with him. So, you know, how, how quickly can I do this? How efficiently can I do it? 
how effectively can I do it <laughs> in, in the shortest amount of possible time possible, but also giving, you know, giving it its due. So, you know, and then from an acting perspective, I always say now when people say, oh, how has it changed you as an actor? It's, it's interesting because I feel like nothing matters as much anymore. The jobs don't matter as much. And yet they matter more than ever. It's, it's a strange little thing because, you know, you book that job, you get, you know, it's a little money in the piggy bank for the health insurance. It's, it's important. You've now got a kid to, to look after. Booking work isn't just like, oh, that was fun and I can pay my rent. It's like, oh no, like I can provide for my child. And so it's really, really important to book those jobs. Yeah. But yet at the same time, the, the desperation of this being everything and this is my all just isn't there anymore because he's my everything, he's my all. And so perspective-wise, this job, no job is going to change my life in the way that he has changed my life. It's funny because how that happens and people will tell you that before you have kids and mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, 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 everyone mm -hmm. says that and then it happens to you and you're yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. It's a guttural, like, it's just it's a just feeling. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, no, there's, it doesn't matter how much you wanted something before. Like this is, yeah, this is, they are it, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. And they, and they bring you back each time the perspective, you know, the perspective, the grounding perspective yes. yeah. resets every time, he, you know, if he, if he's the most important thing and I see everything through that lens, then how can getting that job yeah, of course we all we we want to, and it means so much as a, as a mother to to be employed and to for someone to say, "Hey, I see you." Like I see you not just as a mother, and I see you, and I va I value your talent, and I think you're good enough to hire you. Um, and suddenly you get to like put another you get you get to put a different hat on for that day, and it's fun. Uh, but at the same time you know you're you come home at night and your kids there and it's it's everything so what are what kind of projects are your favorite to produce do you like series do you like features what yeah, genre you guys do a you bunch of you, different ones you mentioned I've dark that. comedy a little bit like yeah I, I mean i love i love dark com comedy for for the reasons that i mentioned but um shorts now i, I just i know how to make a really good short i know what it takes um, you know, I, I'm going to be teaching a couple of classes at some different studios over the summer about like producing a short 101, you know, but just, just to help people, to guide people into like the things they should know and like what all the terminology is and, and little pieces of advice to get it right the first time, because so many people do, they'll make their first short and then they'll say, oh my God, I learned so much. Next time I'd never do this. Next time, oh my God, I'd hire this person. Next time I'd never produce it myself. My God, that was crazy, right? Um, so what I want to do is like, even if they're not working with me, because obviously we can't work with everything and uh, with everyone and not every project is right, but to be able to say to people, hey, look, these are the things that look out for and get them right the first time. And this will be more than just a learning experience. Like you, you could actually produce something really, really so um what i can't remember what exactly oh the projects the type of projects that i like um hmm i mean good writing it's yeah something really interesting that just explores for me social issues current social struggles that people are having i love i love to see 
not necessarily them overcome it in the script, but just tackle it. Um, the feature that we're in development on at the moment is uh, is about school shootings and guns, and it's hugely topical right now. And uh, the script is a wonderful script. It's written by Dominic Burgess, who did um, Sam did it. I produced Sam did it for him um, back in back in 2017, and. It's it's dealing with something really, really important. And this film needs needs eyeballs. And I love that when I'm about to dive into a project, what I want more than anything is people to see it. And I want to feel that. I want to feel that I'm making something that I can't wait for people to see because people need to see it. People need. And so I uh, if I feel that way about a project, then I have to make it, you know. Um, because it's important. Like we have a, we have a, a responsibility. I say we, I don't know. I feel like I have a responsibility to, to make content that, that needs to be seen, um, regardless of who's seeing it. It's just, if it's out there and, and it's going to take up however much time, 12 minutes out of someone's day or an, an hour and 50 minutes out of someone's day that they're going to come away and go, oh, you know what? That made me think. That made me, that challenged my bias maybe or that challenged my opinion or I see it, I see that through through a different way and you're, you're evoking something in someone. Um, evoking but, compassion and empathy, like being able to relate. Yeah, just, just uh, you know, anything that, that, that makes people think or that, or that shows people a different perspective that they're not used to. Um, and the the wonderful thing about making these shorts and having them then in a little link is you can like bing them around. You just send them. You can send them all around the world. You can, you know, and people are getting a taste of another person's life and what's going on for them. What filmmakers do that for you or what films have you seen recently like make you think and that you enjoy? That's a really hard question for me because with the baby, I haven't been. I, no, I honestly can't <laughs> no. tell you the last time I, I've been to the cinema, the movies. Um, you know, I love I love indie films. I love anything. I mean, I love, I just rewatched Short Term 12 um, again the other day and it's just such an amazing film, you know, and that was, that's, that was a short initially and then developed into a feature and just important, important stories you know mm -hmm. so yeah I mean it doesn't have to be recent either stuff that's influenced you I guess to know that this is the type of content you want to make no that's okay it's yeah it's I, I wouldn't be doing myself justice by giving you <laughs> no honestly pulling an answer from my yeah you know no, it's like I have, I have you, yeah I have tons yeah. of, of people that I, I admire in films that I've seen but I I don't know necessarily I've never even thought about like oh what films to have directly influenced the type of work I'm making now. Mm -hmm. I haven't made that connection okay. with I my work. I feel like we all work different ways mm. too. For some people, that's really vital in their creative process. And mm -hmm. for other people, they'd rather just experience what's there. And you may one day be able to say, oh, well, that definitely did have some sort of an impact. But I mean, we, different strokes for different folks. That's why it's so important for us to share all this different content and perspectives and everything is because people operate and live in the world in different yeah, ways. Yeah, and I think for me, for me, it's definitely a, uh, 
a case of putting the pieces together from a producing standpoint. And I know visually what I can see what I want it to look like or how the filmmaker wants it to look like. And I know how to put the the pieces together, be it the the doing all the boring paperwork, right? <laughs> Which is always needs to be done, but you've got to do it at the right time. You've got to fill out all those forms and do all that. And then getting the right crew, because it's not just about hiring a DP. You want to hire the right DP for the right feel of the project. And, and you know, I have, I can put, that is very clear to me about a, what a piece needs and the people and the, the camera that it should be shot on. And these are all conversations. They're always, it's always a collaboration with the filmmaker. Um, we'll sit down and say, in our opinion, this is what we, we think, you know? Um, so for me, if you, I suppose if you look at all my pieces, they, you know, there's a through line in theme, but they, they look, they all look different because they all need different things. You know, they're all individual little stories and one might, might need to be shot on a Sony and one might need to be shot on an Alexa or, you know, yeah, a red. It's, it's, it's just the feel of a project, but all those little things are all really important because it all comes together. They're all the little ingredients. And then, you know, you get your, your dish at the end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. you absolutely do. Well, where can, uh, where can our listeners find you online? Oh, the website Queens Gambit films.com and we have an instagram which is queen's gambit films convenient very <laughs> convenient um yeah that's that's uh that's us i mean we don't i we don't haven't gone down the, the twitter hole yet it's hard i feel like you have to pick which ones you really want to focus on at least i do i'm not yeah. one of those people who, i feel spread thin if i try to do too yeah. many how about for you as an actor? Is there anywhere you want anyone to check you out for any of that <laughs> stuff? Out. I have a website. My my own website is nataliebritton.com. Um, IMDb, the usual. Yeah, that's okay. perfect. We just want to make sure that they know where to where to find you. Thank you for <laughs> taking time to talk to us. Yes, today. hopefully this fit into something that was important enough to keep you away that's from your here. little one. That's great. That's why I'm here. <laughs> thank you for sharing all of your of tidbits and knowledge. Yeah, thank Thanks you guys for listening. For listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs>